Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for each and every wonderful gift that you have given us this day, dear God, our life, our health, dear God, Lord, to be able to move around and walk and talk and see and hear and all the things, dear God, all the functions of our body working normally. God, I thank you for that. And I thank you, God, for for each and every wonderful gift and blessing that you give us during the day, dear God, for taking care of us, watching over us, keeping us safe, dear Lord. Now, God, I ask, Lord, that you just touch me, dear God, just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God, and just give me the words to say. Lord, that I may help someone in some, that we may help someone in some way, dear God. For Lord, I love you and I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 3. Um, judges, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got Joshua on my mind. Uh, but we're going to be in Judges chapter 3. And Israel... Uh, as I was studying and reading this morning, uh, Israel is in a a uh, corrupt pattern, I guess you could call it. Um, and I, the Lord brought it to my attention. It didn't. It didn't start at this point in time. It started uh, just uh, shortly after they come out of the land of Egypt, and. The pattern is, is as long as there is someone that they can physically see to lead them, they follow that person, and they then they also follow God, and they they listen to God, they keep the commandments, and they do everything they they're supposed to do. But if something happens that that person dies, and another person has not been set up to take their place then they they start looking everywhere else for uh, a god and if we go back over into uh, into exodus chapter 34 uh nope i'm sorry uh exodus 26 uh 32 i'll get it right here in a minute it's exodus 32 1 through 6 and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in your ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off all the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And he, they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. So when Aaron, or when Moses was up in the mountain getting the Ten Commandments and um, and all the laws and the statutes for the children of Israel to follow after, um, he been up there for he was up there for forty days and forty nights, 
and the people got restless and uh, they hadn't heard from him. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, they didn't know if he was alive or not or nothing else. So they, they decided that they needed a God to follow. Uh, they, I mean, within 40 days, they had forgotten exactly what God had done for them up to that point. So uh, Aaron made them a, a, a golden calf, and they started worshiping it. But uh, now then going back to Judges, uh, every time, well, uh, after Moses, Moses set uh, Joshua in, uh, in place and said that he, let me get that, let me back up, get to make sure that's right. Uh, yeah, Joshua, he set him in, in place before Moses passed away because Joshua had been with Moses for quite a while and knew basically what was going on and everything and he knew uh, what was going uh, what uh, had happened in Israel and and he knew about the promised land because he and Caleb and ten others we went, went over and spied it out and and uh, Joshua and uh, Caleb when they came back they gave a good report said we need to go in and take it, uh, it it's it's ready for us to take it but uh, the other 10 give a bad report so they didn't do it. But anyway, uh, when Moses passed away, Joshua was already in place to uh, take up to lead the people. Well, after Joshua died, there was no one to take up the place of him. So they, they went to the Lord, and the Lord put Judah in, and they followed Judah. Well, when Judah passed away, they, they uh, Judah had not picked anybody for him, so they went off after chasing after other gods and everything. And it, it, it's, a, it's a pattern. It's an ongoing pattern. Every time one of the judges rises up, they, they turn their heart back and, and they have to deliver them from their enemies and they, they come back to the Lord and they start following the Lord and everything. And after he passes away, then they, they turn around and they go chasing after other gods till the next judge comes. It's just a continuing cycle for them. And nobody's learning from the previous generation or the, the, that generation that is following the judges at that point in time is not telling the generation that's coming after them what is going on. Like, like I said last time, this, this is a, uh, from my point of view, this is a whole lot of what's going on in the world today is we are not teaching our children exactly how to live for God. We're letting them figure out everything by themselves. We're not setting an example for them. We're not leading them, and we're not telling them this is the way that this needs to be done, and we're letting them choose. And, and I heard the other day the word that the parents uh, nowadays are not going to name their children till after um, they're so old so they can figure out whether they want to be male or female. Um, uh, that, that is so wrong in so many ways. You know, it, that's, that uh, irritates me very badly because they are telling me that my God ma made a mistake when they made this child the sex that they are. He made a mistake. So they, they have to wait till they're up old enough to figure out what they want to be, whether they want to be a, a, a male or female. God made man after his own image, and he made female from the rib of man to stand by him, and he has not one time has he ever made a mistake or will he ever make a mistake. 
we make the mistakes ourselves. God made us just exactly what we're supposed to be, and we ain't got sense enough to realize exactly what we are because we we are chasing after everything to be thought of except God, just like the children of Israel. They're chasing after every kind of a God to be thought of, and, and the people today are chasing after everything, trying to find that peace of mind, trying to find that joy, trying to find something that is lacking in their life, and, and nobody has is taking real I mean Christians we are not taking the time to tell these people about God and exactly what God can do for them. God can meet all those needs that's in their life. He can he can uh fulfill that joy and that longing and uh for peace and joy and and all that and contentment. God can fulfill those things in them, but we as children of God are uh trying to sugarcoat God's word and telling everybody that they can live any way they want to and they're going to go to heaven and we and we are getting farther and farther and farther away from God and God is, is trying to wake us up with all these different things that come up on the earth because listen I mean every time the children of Israel started chasing after other gods God uh, had the enemies come in and and do something to them you know i mean let's look at let's see there's uh uh the the great war the japan the war with japan there's uh uh all the different plagues and uh, viruses and stuff that's come up on the land and the bombing of the twin towers and all of that and now then this pandemic that's up on us god is trying his best to wake us up he allows these things to come up on us to wake us up so that we'll turn our heart and life back to him and follow him. And he's about to get tired of us playing church and playing Christian and chasing after everything in the world. So it's, it's time we wake up. And, you know, the children of Israel is, is in the same. It, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that's going on today went on back when before jesus and when jesus walked upon this earth there's no difference so now then we have got to turn our attention to god and we have got to get off of our seat of do nothing get off of our seat of waiting for everybody else to do something for us and we have got to move you know when god when the children of israel was coming across the red sea the lord told them said stand still See the salvation of the Lord. And in the next the next verse, he told him to go forward. You said, well, I can't stand still and go forward at the same time. Oh, yes, you can. You most certainly can. You can stand still in your spirit and wait upon the Lord in your spirit all the time while you're still moving forward with God and doing what God wants you to do. I know I harp on this all the time, but... It, you all have undoubtedly not gotten a grasp of it that we need to be about the Father's business. God has got a plan for each and every one of our lives, and it is time that we get to find out exactly what it is that God wants us to do and do it. Yes, I ran for a long time. I, I really did, a long time. And then I went back out, and then I come back in. And now then, I have made up my mind right now that 
I don't care. Heaven is not worth all the things that this world has, has got. Heaven ain't worth none of it. But chapter 3. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known of all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at the least such as before knew nothing thereof, namely five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites which dwelt in the Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal-Hermon unto the entering in of Hamath, and they were to prove Israel by them to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Tell the people, tell your children, set them down, take them to church. They have questions of, what, of things that they are being taught in church. Take the time to try to explain them or take the time to get the answers for them and get back to them. We are not going to have ever answers to every question that they ask us when they ask us but let them know that you will find out one way or another and you will get back to them and then do it follow through because they they need to know exactly who god is and they need to know exactly who jesus is and what they can do for them and then mom and dad, we need to back that up by taking them to church services every time the door is open and uh, teaching them. And sit, when we sit down for meals, it don't matter if it's at home or wherever it's at. When we sit down for meals, ask God to bless the food that's in front of you and thank God for the fruit, food that's in front of you. Take the time to worship the Lord where your children can see you doing it so that the Lord can bless you as well as your children. We have, like I said, we have, we have basically forgotten about our children. We are too busy trying to make uh, uh, money and trying to make a lot of money and trying to make a name for ourselves that we, we have completely forgotten about God. And it's, it's, it's cost us, whether or not you realize it or not, it has cost us because our children are paying the price for it. But there's there's several periods in here of in this in the book of Judges of where that the children of Israel go from uh, worshiping the Lord and following Him to all of a sudden they're they're chasing after other gods and they have completely forgotten about God. Verse 5 starts period 1. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites, and Amorites, and the Pezzarites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives, and gave their daughters to their sons, and served other gods. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and forgot the Lord their God, and served Balaam and the groves. Now then, they right, right then, right there in the first part of chapter or verse five, they failed to do what God told them to do originally, and that was in uh, Exodus 
34, 15 through 17. It says, Least thou take, make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice, and thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. One of the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from off the mountain was, Thou shalt serve no other, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. None. No. Period. God is a jealous God, and he will not put up with us chasing after everything else and putting everything else before him. That's that's whatever you whatever you are chasing after. If it's the almighty dollar or or it's a, a I don't know some big position some way or another, then that's what you that everything that you put all of your energy into doing, that's what your God is. And then in Deuteronomy seven one through four, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land where thou goest to possess it and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Pezzarites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them, and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, Neither shalt thou make marriage with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. I mean, he, he warned them about this many years ago, before they ever got to the land of Canaan. All right. Several things could have happened here because evidently they forgot or evidently they just don't care. But number one, they they could they probably didn't teach their children these things, so their children forgot about all these things or did not know about them. Uh, number two, they really didn't care and they they figured out an easier way to worship and to uh uh, to do all these things that the God wanted them to do, but, you know, they didn't have all the cursings and everything to go along with it. But little did they know they were going to get that anyway from the God because they they was doing just exactly what he told them not to do. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the land of Cushan Rishathim, king of Mesopotamia. And I'm, I'm sorry for pronunciation of these names, but I cannot pronounce them. But anyway, Othniel, uh, Caleb's younger brother, he rose up and he became a judge, and he's he went in and he freed Israel from uh, this king and he brought them back in to uh, 
good standing with the Lord, and they, they served the Lord, and the land had rest for 40 years, and Othniel, the son of Kenzing, died. So, okay, he, Othniel, he went in, and, and he took, got them back. He brought them back into the, to good standing with God, and, and he woke them up and everything, and they started serving the Lord again, and they served him for 40 years, and then Othniel died, and, and then the second, the second period comes in. And the children of Israel did did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Listen, don't be judging these people. Don't don't be judging Israel, because if you look back over your life, I mean, if you really sit down and you take the time to to really go back and look over your life, you're no better than they are. Listen, I've had, like I said before, I've had my times of my ups and I've had my times of my downs. I'd serve the Lord and then uh, all of a sudden I'd get out of church and I'd, I'd uh, start doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Yes, I knew that I was doing wrong. I'm sure the children of Israel did too. But they, it, was, it, was, it wasn't as much work living in sin as it was living for God. But then I got to realize you know, I'm not promised tomorrow. I have not got the promise of tomorrow. I, I, I ain't even got the promise of finishing this broadcast, this podcast before God could take me out. So I, I have made up my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord the best I can, and I'm going to try my best to do just exactly what he wants me to do and follow him and, and read my Bible and pray and talk to him whenever I get a chance to. Because I do not want nothing to come between me and God. I do not want nothing to cheat me out of heaven. And this world is not worth it. But anyway, uh, so the children of Israel served uh, King of Eglon, king of Moab, 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. Ehud the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Now then, a little bit of, of history about Eglon. Uh, anybody that was left-handed at that time of uh, the Israelites and in, in, in their time, he was consider, considered uh, a uh, defective. Uh, he he was left-handed, and he he was he was defective, and you know everybody thought that he was he was cursed. Anybody that was left-handed was cursed, uh, retarded. Uh, we would call them now. He was retarded, and and people actually looked down on him because he was left-handed. But there again goes to show you. That God can use anybody. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if you got some birth defect or if you're uh, uh, retarded. Whatever you want to call the people. Um, uh, there's another name I can't think of it right now, but it does not matter your physical inabilities or anything like that. God can use you as long as you will let God use you. And Eud. Uh, whatever his name is, he he was a Benjamite. He was left-handed, but he was going to let the Lord uh, use him to help bring the children of Israel 
back to where they're supposed to be. So they they took they made a present to for him to take to the uh, king of Eglon, uh, and the Moab king Eglon, and he made a double-edged dagger about twenty-one inches long, and he put it on his right thigh. So you know, if anybody was to see him, he had his knife on his right side where it's supposed to be, where he get it with his right hand. So nobody knew that he that he was uh, different, and he went in and, and he delivered this present to Eglon, and Eglon was a very fat man. He he was a very really a really huge man, and they he brought this present in, and they brought the present in. I don't know what it was, but they set it down in front of the king, and the ones that bore it in they left, and. Uh, Anyway, they went out to King Eglon's uh, summer quarters, the place where it was built just for him, and where he could get out there and get away from everything and and rest. It was a a place of cooling. So he went up. He went out there, and he he and uh, Eud, and they were talking. And he said, "I I have got uh, a secret that." Uh, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silent. The king told him, said, Be quiet. And all them that stood around him, he sent them out. So it was just the two of them in there. And he told him, he said, I've got a, uh, I have a message from God unto thee. And Eglon, uh, he, he stood up. And when he stood up, he would reach over on his, right thigh with his left hand took the knife out and he thrust it into Eglon's belly and when he he thrust it in there so far that the the handle went in with it and he he, the fat closed around it and he couldn't get it out and his bowels gushed out and while all this was going on on EU turned and left and when he went out, he locked the door, and he left, and he went back to his, to where uh, to the mountain. And his servants were waiting outside, waiting for him to unlock the door. And they kept standing there and standing there and waiting on him to unlock the door. And they never would. So finally, they got a key, and they went in and they found their king dead. So you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you think you have a physical disability or anything like that. I mean, let's let's uh, talk about physical disabilities. Let's go back to Moses. I know we keep going back to him, but you know he argued with the Lord. He said, "Lord, I, you know, I I am slow to speak. I have a slow slow to speak and a slow tongue or something like that." In words, he had a speech impediment. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, I know. Um, some somewhat about a speech impediment, and I I have a a hard time of finding my getting my words from my mind out through my mouth sometimes. But God can still use you. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm I'm a living example of that. I'm not a very big conversationalist. I don't talk a lot to other people. I I basically am tickled to death if you will just set me somewhere and give me a job to do. And leave me alone. Let me do it. 
And, you know, I, I talk a little bit at work, not very much. Most of the time I'm busy doing my job. But he, it doesn't matter if you have some kind of a disability or uh, you don't talk plain or anything like that. God will bless you and he will give you just exactly what you need to do the job. Moses, he never did get out of doing the job. He still had to go do it. But in the end, what he ended up doing was he ended up uh, going with his brother, Aaron, and the Lord would tell Moses what to say. Moses would tell Aaron, and then Aaron would tell Pharaoh. And I, I guess he got out of it later on because uh, Aaron, when they, when they come out of Egypt, Aaron became a priest, and Moses became the, the actual the lawgiver and the one that God spoke to him, and he spoke to the people then. So he got over, um, I guess, his pride, maybe, uh, his because of his speech impediment, or God even fixed it to where he didn't have it anymore. But it does not matter. And he went back to uh, uh, Billion Jerk King and and he went. It came to pass that he blew a. a a trumpet in the mountain. He went back to, uh, and he escaped while they tarried and passed beyond the quarries and escaped to Sierras. And it came to pass when he had come that he blew a trumpet in the mount of Ephraim and the children of Israel went down with him from the mount and he before them. And he said unto them, follow after me for the Lord hath delivered your enemy, the Moabites into your hand. So see, they had to have somebody to lead them and to let them know that everything was going to be all right. And so they they went in and they they fought the Moabites and they, they killed the Moabites and they the land was at rest for four score years. And then after him was Shamgar, Shamgar, some Aneth, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. So that was the second period. So now then we're going to go to peri in chapter 4, and we're going to go to period 3. And I, this one, this was a good one, because uh, if when you're reading the first part of this chapter, it sounds like that uh, this woman is saying that, you know, that she told Barak, said, uh, well, let me read it. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, when Uid was dead, and the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, and the reign that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Horas of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord for the nine hundred chariots of iron, and the twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. So they had he had, he was the one that had the chariots of iron, and the children of Israel was was oppressed by him for twenty years. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lephitus, she judged Israel at that time, and she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinam, 
out of Kadesh Neptala, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take the, with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun, and I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Caesarea, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him unto thine hand. So now then, this woman has rose up, and she is a prophetess, one that the Lord is using, God is using, and she sent and got Barak and told Barak, ain't it about time that you get the people together and go uh, get the children of Israel and bring them back? And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding, the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Caesarea into the hand of a woman. Okay, when I read that the first time, I figured, okay, she's going to go. She's a prophetess. She's the one that's going to be basically in charge. So, yeah, uh, she's going to overtake the army. And God's going to give the army to her. But when we read on, we find out that it was not her that she was talking about. Because uh, Brack called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and they all went up, 10,000 men at his feet, and Deborah went with him. Um, and when they got there, and they went up against uh, Canaanites and their chariots of iron, even 900, there was 900 chariots of iron and all the people that were with, uh, with them, with Caesarea, from Hash, they, they fought from Hashras of the Gentiles into the river Kishon. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Caesarea unto thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. And the Lord discomfited Caesarea and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak so that Caesarea lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. So he, he, he just left his chariot sitting and he got off and he ran. He knew exactly what was going on and and he didn't want no part of it. He didn't want to die, so he, he ran. Now then, if we go back up, uh, we remember that uh, Haber, the Canaanite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and uh, they'd severed themselves from the Canaanites and pitched his tent in the, the plain of Zanium, which is by Kadesh. Now then, when we go back down and... Caesarea fled away on his feet, and he went in went by the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazar and the house of Heber the Canaanite. And this woman told went out and met Caesarea and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned into her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. She covered him up, she hid him. 
and he asked her for a drink of water, and she went and got a bottle of milk and uh, opened a bottle of milk and gave him a milk to drink. And while they was waiting on Barak and, and his men to get there, he went to sleep under this mantle. He, he felt safe. This was one of his uh, allies' wives, his allies' people. So he, he felt safe, and he was tired, and he was, and he was thirsty. And she gave him some milk to drink, and he laid down underneath that mantle, and he went to sleep. And when he done that, he told before he done that, he told her, he said, stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man does come and inquire of thee and say, is there any man here? And you tell him no, and everything will be fine. Well, when he went to sleep, Jael, Haber's wife, took a, took a nail out of the tent, took a hammer in her hand, and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it unto the ground, for he was asleep and weary, so he died. So she took, she took the time to take this nail out of the tent and walk over to him quietly and got a hammer and drove this nail into his head, and then she anchored that, fastened that, that nail to the ground. Why she done that, I don't know. But she she fastened it to the ground. Maybe she thought he would wake up after she done it. But she she wanted to make sure that she he wasn't going to do anything to her. But he died when she put that nail in his head. And when Barak uh, chased after Sisera, she came out and met him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Caesarea lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued uh, on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel, and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin the king of Canaan until he was destroyed. Until he, they had destroyed Jabin king of Canaan, and she was He was delivered into the hands of another woman. I thought it was going to be Deborah, but it was another woman that God delivered him into her hands. And then in chapter 5 is a psalm that Deborah and Barak sang after that they had took the children of Israel and took uh, and killed the king and had pursued after and killed all the people of, of the Canaanites and their chariots of iron, and the king of and the king had gotten killed by the hand of a woman. They made up a song, so I'm going to read all of chapter five. It's it's a little bit lengthy, but this is this is a song that they sung. Then sang Deborah and Barak the son of Abner on the day, saying, "Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel." when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, 
the earth trembled, and the heavens dropped the clouds, also dropped water. The mountains mel melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates, and there was a shield or a spear seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way, they that are delivered from the noise of the archers in the places of drawings water. There shall they re rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of this his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. They are praising God. For, for everything that he has done. You know, we we fail to do that sometimes. You know, if we remember, um, Moses made up a song one time when the Lord had um, blessed him and, and used him in, in uh, taking some of the people on the other side of Jordan. He made up a song and blessing the Lord and thanking the Lord for everything that he'd done. And now Deborah, after they had all this battle that they had went through, and see, the children of Israel, they really were uh, afraid of the Canaanites that lived in the valley because they had chariots of iron. Um, you know, they, they couldn't do nothing with these chariots of iron. They couldn't burn them, and, and you know, they couldn't bust them up or anything like that. So they, they were really um, a little skittish about going around them. But finally, they had to. But see, the Lord left all these people in uh, in there so that they would test the Israelites, test their willingness to serve God, test their uh, ability to want to follow after God. You know, there's things that are going on in our life. You know, I was thinking of my own life, and, and there's things that, that keeps occurring in my life, and I keep asking God why. And I keep asking God to forgive me for these things. And they keep occurring, and I, I keep knocking them down, and they keep coming back up. And then I, I was reminded of, uh, I believe it was Paul, um, in Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. It said, Paul said, At least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it, may, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've asked God to 
take it away from me three times, and he told me that his grace was sufficient for me. So he said, you know, I would rather glory in my infirmities than the, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, I'd rather be sick. I'd rather have this infirmity than uh, that the God may have, he lay his hand upon me and use me and I can stay close to him. So, you know, God put these people in there to keep Israel close to him. And, you know, sometimes I think that the things that, that are in my life, that the Lord allows him to stay just so that I will continually uh, speak to him during the day. But verse 12, awake, awake. Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song, arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive, thou son of Abinim. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Out of Ephraim there was a root of them against Amalek. After thee, Benjamin, among thy people, out of Mercure came down governors, and out of Zebulun they that handled the pen of the rider. And the princes of Eshkar were with Deborah, even Eshkar, and also Barak. He was sent on foot into the valley for the divisions of Reuben. There were great thoughts of heart. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleatings of the flocks? For thy divisions of Reuben there were great searchings of the heart. Gilead abode beyond Jordan, and why did Dan remain in ships? Asher continued on the seashore and abode in his breaches. Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeopard their lives unto death in the high places of the field. The kings came and fought, then fought the kings of Canaan in Tanakh, by the waters of Medigo, Megiddo, they took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. The river of Kishon swept them away, that ancient river, the river of Kishon. O oh, my soul, thou hast trodden down strength. Then there, was, there were the horse hoofs broken by the means of the prancings the prancings of their mighty ones. Curse ye, Miraz, said the angel of the Lord, curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to help the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Blessed above women shall Jael, the wife of Haber, the Canaanite, be. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer she smote Caesarea. She smote off his head. Then she had pierced and stricken to his temples. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. The mother of Caesarea looked out a window and cried to the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tear ye the wheels of his chariot? Her wise ladies answered her, Yea, she returned 
answered to herself. Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey? To every man a damsel or two. To Caesarea a prey of divers colors. A prey of divers colors of needlework. Of divers colors of needlework on both sides. Met for the necks of them that take the spoil. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord. But let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might. And the land had rest forty years. So they they went through another another battle, and Deborah and Barak came out and, and singing a song and praising the Lord for everything that He had done. And they they rested for forty years. They followed after the Lord for forty years. They followed Him. They done His will. And then when we get back into chapter five, we're going to find out that after forty years. They went right back to where they were. And like I said, it, it's a pattern in their life. When, As long as somebody is in charge and leading them and, and telling them about the Lord and, and um, telling them about the, um, the laws and the statutes and the judgments and everything, they're following God. They're, they're following right along. They're doing what they're supposed to. But when that person dies and... If nobody is set in charge in their life, then they, they go off astray again. So this, this is when we need to be following the Lord. We need to keep our eyes on him, and we need to, we need to follow him and listen to him. You know, there's, there's, some, there's one person that we can always, always depend upon and always follow, and he's always there. He's not like, uh, like we are. He won't, he won't leave us it in the time of the troubles and everything and when we get into trouble even when it's our own stupidity that gets us there he won't leave us he, he's right there with us and when it gets to the point to where that we can't walk he will carry us i know sometimes when i'm going up the mountain and it and the mountain gets real steep and real rocky and and i slip and i fall sometimes i know that it's a lot of times that he has to pick me up and he has to carry me a little way so I can get my rest and I can get my my sure-footedness back and then he'll set me down and and we will we will progress on up the mountain but you know he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us and we need to be the same way we need to follow him no matter what and listen to him and do what he says no matter what I know it's not easy sometimes but the, the award the rewards are uh, outweigh the bitterness that we have of doing things sometimes. Um, there's a lot of things that the Lord wants us to do that are not real popular with a lot of people, but that's all right. We're going to get our reward in the end. And bad part about it is those people are going to get their rewards. Remember, blessings or the cursings? Which, one do you, which mountain do you want to be on? You want to be on the mountain of the cursings or you want to be on the mountain of the blessings? You, you you can't play one one day and one the next day. You've got you got to pick one out and you've got to live there. Listen, I thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you got something out of this. I hope it was a blessing to you and helped you in some way. And until the next time, may God bless you. <laughs>